0: When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I mean, out and one. Best Living. town in the world. Best Three. town in the world.
1: Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani.
2: North. Elding 3 They've been looking for Stenson's head away
1: at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. brilliant. 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 Here comes quickly
3: This
0: day. Here we go! It's episode 39 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you by the White High Brewing Company, Valleymore, Sligo, and also Barry Creed Solicitors in Sligo and Dublin. We are coming to you with a positive mental attitude here, despite another defeat for Sligo Rovers at home to Derry City, uh, 2-1, uh, as you know at this stage. But we're going to be positive, well as positive as we can be throughout. Uh, it's the usual crew. We got Sean Don, Sean how are Things all good, Connor. Jerry O'Connor, how are you? Tip-top, Connor. And Shane Magoo-McGoldrick. Come on, Shane. Come on, we want to hear you. Come on, positive, positive. Come on, Magoo. Come on, Magoo. Good,
4: yeah, Good. 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 <laughs> most, uh, the most enthusiasm we've got from him yet.
0: Yeah. Okay, I was going to start uh, this week's pod with a tweet from Leo Gray um, about about the, uh, the similar losing streak we had, but I won't go there just yet. I won't go there just yet. Uh, coming up on uh, this week's pods. We have uh, an interview with the latest Slugger Rover signing, another attacking player. Uh, Donner spoke to Melvin Lorenzen during the week. So we'll uh, hear Donner's conversation with Melvin. Uh, we got your shouts from the shout end. And um, obviously we're going to uh, look back on, um, on the game on Saturday against Derry uh, in detail. Um, but before that, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about um, the event that we're running on September 4th. Uh, in the White Hag Brewery, we started selling tickets on Wednesday morning, and they are moving briskly. So you can find a link to the uh, you can find a link to, to purchase the tickets on the uh, Borst website b o r s t dot i e and uh, on the the homepage there, um, you'll see a link to um, to a post there that will give you some details, and you can you can purchase your tickets uh, using. Uh, your, your card your credit card or your debit card and it's very very straightforward it'll take you about 30 seconds to do and um so far so good so just to say as well like i mean i think it's important to say just if people are um you know if they're wondering about how this kind of how the event is going to run so we're going out to the the white high brewery and we're, the idea is most of us i'd imagine will be on the train leaving sligo at um just after three o'clock is that right cherry yeah I think it's, yeah, I think it's five past three. Five past three, yeah, and it takes about 15, 20 minutes to get to, out to Ballymote. And then we are going to come back on the train just before 7.55, uh, and, um, and we'll get back to Sligo. So we'll be out there for the evening, uh, and we're going to take in uh, the Ireland versus Azerbaijan World Cup qualifier that kicks off at five o'clock. Is it five o'clock, yeah? yeah. But the, the, the point I want to make here is that uh, this, you know, from a COVID uh, aspect, um, we've limited, limited numbers, so obviously get your tickets while they're going. Don't don't find yourself disappointed. But it's a big, big space out there, so it's not like we're going to be all crushed in, cramped together. There will be um, we'll be following all you know relevant uh, procedures and, and all that. Um, so I just wanted to to make that point. And like it is you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a great evening obviously we're going to we're going to get the football but it's an opportunity to have a look and see what they do out there in in, uh, in the White Hag i'm uh, an amateur brewer I poisoned a few people in my time uh, so i'm interested to see the the processes and um and what 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 happens out there um but um, you know the we've the the reception has been really good so far so don't don't leave yourself short and i think it's important to say like you know, with COVID, I don't know how many spaces are on the train, so don't um, don't leave yourself caught out either. When you book your ticket, um, book your train ticket. When you book your ticket for the event, get your train ticket at the same time. Um, I think that's about is it, isn't it? What else do we need to say? Um, ah, look, that's that's that's.
3: I suppose we'll be out there for five hours, uh, pretty much from about twenty past three out to to about eight o'clock. So we've got five hours out there. We have. Uh, starting off, we've DJs, we've a tour of the brewery, you can sample as much beer as you want, whatever beer, so it's all it's all inclusive. So it's an unbelievable deal, in fairness, like for 35 quid, and uh, it's a great way of getting together as a group of supporters, and a group of friends and stuff like that and, you know, just kind of I suppose having a bit of normality uh, but also, like, it will be done by the book and there'll be plenty of space and stuff like that, so about 25 percent of the tickets sold already in the first few hours today. So, as you were saying, Connor, look, don't leave it, don't 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 leave it hanging. Yeah. Uh, it's only thirty five quid. It takes thirty seconds. Be good to yourself. We've done. We haven't been here anywhere. We haven't done anything in the guts of two years. Let's just go out and have a bit of crack and you know watch the game and, and take in all the stuff that's going on and and look about the train as well. You know, look if you can book the train at the time, but it's not the only way out. And yeah, that's right. I think that look, looking at the pictures, of the trains are overcrowded anyway, so I won't worry too much about that. But get get the, get the golden ticket though as quick as you can, because yeah. it it will look for this will be a unique experience. No other club has done anything like it really in the past. We're trying to break new ground, do new things, bring people together. Yeah, uh, first chance we've had to do it in two years, so I,
0: I just hope it's well supported. Yeah, it's an it's a novel fundraiser, and I think um, I hope I'm not speaking out of school here now. Uh but um I think you know you remember the the beer that the White Hag produced for rovers it's two years ago now at the stage. Uh, yeah. lovely little brew. I think they're looking to do something similar again. So um yeah, like it it will be it's just gonna be a cracking a cracking uh, evening. And um
3: like anybody who had the showgrounds like absolutely loved it. Yeah. So if you like that, you like this. There's something out there. I know some people mightn't be they'd call it craft um, craft beer and all this, but it's it's not it's not craft, it's a microbrewery. So they do lagers, ales, beers, stouts, whatever your taste, they'll accommodate for us on the day. So there's yeah. something there for everyone.
0: You can't bring your own cans. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you arrive up to the door with a bag of cans, you're not getting in. Galahad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tickets are thirty-five euro. It's a steal, really, when you think about um, what, what's on offer. And you know, the vast majority of the money is going to um, is going to the trust as a fundraiser, and it'll ultimately end up uh, with Cyga Rovers. And I say the vast majority because there are some overheads. We got to pay for the the booking service, and uh, there's some overheads out in the. Um, I, I don't care about that. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore people with that. So um, yeah, so get on it. Visit the uh, B O R S T the supporters trust website.ie brst.ie and you'll find it there on the homepage and um
3: I think it's going to be one of those events kind of where this fellow's going to say oh yeah I meant to book that and oh fuck I didn't do it and then they're going to re- regret it do you know that yeah of,
0: just just go and do it actually. go and do it in fact if you're listening now right pause pause the podcast get your phone out put in wwwb we'll wait for you um <laughs> Go purchase the ticket, uh, post it on social media, let people know that you've done it, tell your friends, text uh, WhatsApp your mate, say you've done it, and um, and we we'll got a few more going. Because really we want to raise as much money as we can. And um, you know, it's it's a win-win-win. It's a win for you, it's a win for rovers, it's a win for the trust. So yeah, and we, we you know, if you you know, we'll be waiting here, and we'll be here when you're done. So um go do it now. OK, so um, will we take a look at this uh, at this loss against uh, Derry City? Will I read out Leo Gray's tweet? So, you know, we're going we're gonna to remain positive. So we're going to start from this low point and um, and we'll build to a positive crescendo. So uh, obviously the defeat to Derry was Rovers seventh in a row. And the last time that happened, uh, Leo Gray says on Twitter, uh, so the last time Rovers lost seven in a row was in the first division in 1988-89 last 11 in a row, including a defeat in FAI Cup in 83-84 and went 15 games without a win in 87-88. Uh, but this run includes three draws. So uh, have we seen, we will go to you. Did you see an improvement in the showgrounds on Saturday against Derry in comparison to, let's say the, the previous games, the previous five or six games?
2: Oof. Uh, uh, for me, I think the whole thing was a mixed bag, really. And um, there was some good bits, but there was some poor bits, obviously. So you know, we we I thought we started to sloppy, and um, and we finished very sloppy. Uh, in between, we were decent. Um, their goal gave us a wee bit of a kick at the ass. It seemed. Obviously, we were, I'd say we were hesitant to start, no confidence. So coming out, it's it's nearly you already have a a point in the bag when you start the game so once you go goal down there's kind of nothing to lose but ultimately the start and the finish costs us the game poor start poor finish costs the game and that's that's the reality of it isn't it so it's if you ask me if I've seen anything different like, that, I don't know the facts are the facts like we still lost the game we played well in patches like we had in previous weeks but we didn't do enough to win the game and we didn't do enough to hold out for a draw, which look, that's a whole different debate. It's of substitutions and everything. like, But um, it's just, to me, that was the hardest one of the lot to take so far. Um, Why? Very disappointed.
0: Because you expected more? Like everything. Uh,
2: probably because you expected more. Um, you know, like we were on last week about fight and heart and passion. And I think we saw some of that after we went to go down. But... Do you know, what, we're, we're a full-time professional office. Uh, I'd say we're a good club to play for where we play probably decent money Our players wouldn't be here. So I think passion and fight and hunger should be the least we expect. Do you know what I mean? Every week. And it shouldn't be coming in, in patches. It should be, I think it should be there for 90 minutes or definitely from the start of the game anyway. Like, it shouldn't be waiting for goal to be scored against us to get a kick up the arse to do it.
3: I, I think the I think the majority of players um, showed that. Uh, Magoo, I know there's probably one or two that um, haven't really bought into the ethos of the club. In that we are a community club, and we are very passionate about our football team. We're very passionate about our, our football club, and that's all that's evident in that the way we go about our business. But there's one or two there that just are letting the side down, letting, letting themselves down, letting the side down, petulant. Um, <clears throat> and I suppose that's uh, that shows the mark of a man um, and it's just unfortunate that, but look, I, I think these individuals, um, I don't think they'll, they'll get much more game time and I would, look, to be honest with you, I agree, we started sloppy and we ended sloppy, but the vast majority of the game, there was a lot more, uh, uh, effort and passion and fight. Like some of the performances were just exceptional from from some of the players. And look, we'll get into that. Look, everybody's listening knows who's exceptional. Yeah. So
0: yeah, listen. Um, we talk about him every single week, and I am going to say that um, uh, in relation to effort, you know, the team that we've been speaking about for the last few minutes. I'm going to say that Jordan Gibson. I would say, and I don't know if you agree with me, gave it 100% yeah. uh, against Derry. And I would say that he, to his detriment in a way, because he was covering a lot of space and he was trying to operate in that attacking midfield position, but he was having to come, you know, he, he, was, he was defending and he was looking to pick up balls when we were under pressure from just outside our own box and then he's got an awful lot of work to do and the rest of the attacking teams have an awful lot of work to do but my point is uh, I think Jordan Gibson worked his socks off um, and he was banjacks at the end of it because um, well I don't know if he was or not that's, that's he was him. out in his
4: eyes, he was but yeah. he had given everything He,
0: yeah, yeah. I, and I think um, I, I think that needs to be said because um, there was a bit of criticism
3: out there for him and I actually watched back uh I got to watch back the the hour. I didn't get to watch back the last half an hour, but Jesus, he—I thought he was brilliant. Um, his effort was—I thought he put in a lot of effort and he done a lot of good things. And look, sometimes you know he's a young lad as well, and sometimes he might throw a bit of a shape and that he's annoyed. But I don't think that's that's not that's just frustration because he he does actually care. And
2: if anybody, is, yeah,
3: yeah that's it. Yeah, um, it's not. It's not, not a, a bad attitude. Yeah, it's not a bad attitude. That, that sometimes maybe it can be picked up like that, but it's definitely not a bad attitude. I thought his attitude was was. I thought it. He was. I thought it was the best game in terms of aptitude, and effort from him. Not even yeah. question that at all. But I just thought he was very good.
4: But if, it, if, he a, if he had a bad attitude and a bad work ethic, he wouldn't be back at the edge of our D exactly. tackling players trying to pick yeah. up the ball. Yeah. You know, trying to start moves, he'd sit up as high as he could and just be lazy and just expect everything to come to him. Oh, and no, he was the no, complete no. opposite. But, uh,
0: you know, but
2: he was the most likely in the first half anyway, well, even the second half, he had a few opportunities, but he's most likely done lots of defense, their defense. He had, he, it was him who played Johnny in for that one that he, he hit over the back. he took the touch too wide. And he, yeah. He yeah. Had, he, nearly, he nearly left Jerry's can over, Dewey yeah. it was him who played that little. It was him who played that little one down the, down the line, down this, the side of the box that um, had uh, McDonald in. Remember, there was the clash and everybody was going for a penalty and stuff. That was never a penalty, but it was that little ball again in B, between fullback and centre half down the line. Yeah. They lost but, the line of the box. Like he can, he can see that. The problem has always been, is getting them on the ball in the right areas. Like he was getting caught when he was coming back. Facing our goal, he was getting caught on the ball once or twice, especially at the start when Barry were more aggressive for the first ten or fifteen minutes. And it was another time he tried, like you know, we said it lots of times, but that's you don't want him in them areas. We don't, we don't want him there, and we don't want when it's back to goal. Yeah. You see what he can do and see what he has. and suppose, that's why he played number ten. Yeah. In I suppose the same time ago, like say,
3: like last week, we were calling we need everybody to put in a shift, and I know what you're saying. We don't want to put in put it. We don't want him to put in a shift there, but. Like, sometimes... No, it's
2: great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm no, honestly, I know yeah. My point is, is, is...
0: I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like it's... it's all, all things being even...
2: When it's back to goal.
0: Yeah. All, all things being even, you don't want to see your number 10 having to do that much legwork, I suppose.
3: Yeah. But <laughs> see, it's desperate times, and the players, the likes of Gibson are desperate to win. So he's doing things that he wouldn't normally do. And the fans are asking them Asking them to do that, and he's in fairness, he's responding. Yeah. So, like, I suppose we're just not getting the rub of the green either. Like, do you know what I mean? We're probably not getting. Like, I think the more, I think all the players that started one to eleven left everyone on the pitch there that last day. In fairness to them, yeah, we came up a bit short. Maybe we tried a bit hard in areas that we wanted them to try hard in as fans, but maybe that's not always the right thing either when you look at Gibson on the edge of the D or whatever, but look, I don't know. I it's think another one that
4: deserves an awful lot of credit as well when we're on Jordan Gibson is Walter. Yeah. Because he's, 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 he's come in, he came in for an awful lot of criticism in the last few weeks, and even I was criticism, critical of him as well, but I think the performance he gave the other night against Derry was it was fantastic. He was brilliant he as well. He was unplayable at times. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I would say... Uh, yeah, I'd say you you couldn't fault uh, his effort as well. I'd say things, some things aren't working for him at the moment. Yeah,
4: yeah, as a, as some of his end product wasn't great. Like, but yeah,
0: but that that is that is, like, that kind of goes back to what we're saying about Gibson. Like, obviously, if Walter's kind of if he's cutting in um, from the wing, um, he needs a number ten who's kind of almost ready and waiting, or who's kind of moving with him instead of having to do all the work that Gibson has to do to get around the place. And maybe Gibson isn't where Walter wants him to be to, to kind of work triangles or to, to you know the work to space a little bit more to get around full backs and things like that. It, it seems that when when uh, Figueroa picks up the ball, he's got he's got too much to do almost on his own. Whereas if he had more people around him and if he had um you know a team working more efficiently or more effectively that he would have support with him and he'd be more effective like you know. I think that I think that he's as I said at the start, some of the stuff that he's just trying isn't working at the moment. I
4: think um, that comes back, Connor, as well, though, to a point we've been making for the last, I'd say, three or four weeks now, where we haven't had a natural left back playing in behind him. Where when he was with McCourt at the start of the season, we've seen a very, very dangerous Walter Figuera because he had McCourt support. overlapping him and supporting him all the time. Because when you look at when opposition teams go up against Walter, they, they double up on him all the time. Yeah. so to so, if you have a left back supporting him you're go- you're going to create space by giving him that outlet as well, you know, to play those little one twos or play the little ball in behind it, the full back can overlap onto so we haven't seen that and that's not true anyone's fault as such because injuries are injuries and your backs are natural left backs and you're not going to get that from them um,
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see now when when McCourt comes back, hopefully sooner rather than later and um... Do things change for us? And is he the linchpin that is kind of so crucial from that left back position, from a defensive and an attacking point of view? And I mean, he may well be. Like this, the whole issue could be, could be McCourt, like you know, or the lack thereof. You know, that it'll be, it'll be interesting to see.
4: Well, I think it's a couple of things have tied in all at once. So they have like McCourt missing, and then you have Gary Buckley or John Mahan missing at the back, and then Bulger missing in the centre of the park. You know, it's been an accumulation of all coming around the same time, and you're only slowly, bit by bit, getting them back. Yeah, I think come next week, you know, against Strahada, I think you have to finally have the full complement back again. All going well, that nothing happens in training in the meantime.
0: Yeah, um, we're kind of working away from, <clears throat> excuse me, from, from from. I mean, Johnny Kenny also, Johnny Johnny. You know, as usual, as always, uh, worked his arse off. Yeah. Um, what does impress me, and again, you know, the, the goals aren't going in at the moment for Johnny, but. Um, what what I love about Johnny is the speed and the quickness with which he gets the shots off. Um, you know, he, he's not, he's not, you know, thinking about things when he gets ball to feet in front of the goal. It's just, it's bang. And maybe, you know, you, people could criticise him saying that he's, you know, he's hitting the keeper or whatever, or that he's not getting them on target, but they will start going in. Um, they will start going in. He, do, he does, and he's serious power. Like he was, he was <laughs> taking shots on from, you know, incredible uh, angles um, and from very far out, but serious power on shots, like you know, yeah.
3: and everything seems to be falling on his left hand side. so I think they picked it up on commentary as well. And he's a serious strike with his left foot. Um, yeah. But look, um, I, I, if I was Johnny, I wouldn't be one bit worried. Or if I, as a fan, I wouldn't be one bit worried about him either. Like, he's oh, far the right, from it. You yeah. Know, he's getting into the right positions. He's doing all the right things. Um,
0: if he was, wasn't, if he wasn't shooting, I'd be more worried. If yeah. Was, yeah. If he was afraid yeah. to shoot. Yeah. And he was exactly. looking for, for looking to pass on the responsibility to you know somebody else.
3: Yeah, I think we're in I think we're in uh, week thirty nine of the pods, and I would lay any amount of money that I'd never criticize a player for missing a chance. To be honest with you, I never like the most important thing is is getting into those positions and understanding where to be. The rest will come. Absolutely no question. He is absolutely quality. He's an absolute natural born striker. I, I'm telling you. He, yeah, yeah.
2: he is, he's it. I, I but make, you know, see, like but you know move. the movement, his movement for the goal, if you watch yeah. it, he's, he's hanging on this side of the box. And the second the ball goes out to burn, he just drifts off the, the defender over to the back post. Yeah. And there he is, free as a bird. And that's, that's not the first time it's happened this season with that. And it's just natural yeah. instinct in the box of where to be. He always seems to find himself free there, even with the chances.
0: Was that Burns? Was that Burns' cross in the second half? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think I think Mark Byrne did quite well as well. Um, I think um, you know he's proved himself that he can he can when he, from a wide position he can prove an attacking threat with his crosses as well. Um, I was uh, like that effort. Kenny just put one over the bar from the header from Burns' cross. That move was great. Like you know, and it's,
4: they have it's, a brilliant connection.
0: Yeah, definitely. Close you can see it. that from the start. From very yeah. start of the season against the
4: Duck they're on the same wavelength as well and just just before you go off Johnny as well it's just one thing that I've really impressed him about as well was his hold up play mm. how strong he was and his willingness just to play with his back to goal at times as well which I wouldn't imagine is his natural way of playing I, I doubt he likes playing that way but he definitely done a, a brilliant job at it He's, and he was holding off centre halves and he was bringing people into play he was really really strong he was
3: brilliant yeah, I think he enjoys that though, Sean. I think he enjoys that too. Um, I think people kind of have him uh, as oh, he's quick, he's good in and around the box, but I think he likes the battle as well. Uh, oh he's not afraid of it anyway, he's proven that. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he
0: enjoys that. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: He, and he, he would go look for the biggest man in the pitch and he'll Yeah, I love that. Stick it to him, him. Like, you know, but do you look,
4: know what though, the more you see him and it has to be handed to him like He's filling out. He's doing his work off the training ground as well. He's doing his gym work and he's obviously eating the right stuff and that he's, he's looking after himself because he, every week he seems to get a little bit bigger. He's, he's a presence on the pitch. Like he's not a, a little child out there,
2: a little skinny fella. He's a presence. He's, oh,
3: yeah.
2: he's throwing his weight around. Yeah. it would be interesting going forward because like, I think we've been saying it for a long time that we're a better team with Johnny in it. Yeah. We, we always seem to play better when Johnny starts. Yeah, front. We always have. Like he it seems to suit us more the way he wants to play on the on the, the last shoulder and going behind and you know stretch the stretch the the, the pitch and, and bring bring defenders in where they don't want to go and stuff like that. And it seems to leave uh, a bit of more space for for us to play in for you know with second ball and stuff like that. But it'll be interesting going forward now to see what happens with with Andre coming in and that how will it, you know, because he's already been fighting to the nail with Romeo, as it is, but I, I'd like, in my opinion, every time he plays, we seem to play better, so. Yeah,
4: it's a tempo thing as well, isn't it? Magu? Like, I think oh, he automatically yeah. raises our tempo,
2: Yeah,
4: and I think the boys are even like that behind him, you know, I think they rise to that as well, I think he just sets the tone right from the start, like, he's just, like, even during the first half, like, he's chasing down balls, he probably has no business chasing down, but. He's going to chance it anyway just in case because he's an opportunist just in case something will come off for him.
3: Well, it's part of the game as well that you know not, not about chasing lost causes or lost balls but it's just about the press isn't it? And Yeah. You know just leading from the front so. Um, but you
4: could force a keeper into a mistake. Yeah. Just even just that slightest bit of pressure could force a keeper into a mistake. And He's
2: done it
0: already this season is
3: not he? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, go on. Sorry. Go on.
0: No go on. Go on Drake. Go on. Sorry.
3: It's, it's funny enough though Um, look I, I kind of I work in the centre of town, so I get to talk to a lot of people about Rovers every day, and, and it's amazing. Like, um, I've talked to young lads that are twelve up to guys that are eighty and girls, whatever, right? But like, n- there's not one person this week that has that I've met that has said a negative thing. Everything is positive. Everybody is positive. Like, um, yeah, they're disappointed that we we didn't win. Um. But it's amazing though too the like the resilience of the fans that you know that we can lose seven games and we're we're not we're not feeling sorry for ourselves we we can see that the team are trying and that's all we want as fans um, and that that's that's great to see like right um,
0: do you know what, we we'll get our shout from the shed and we'll come back and we'll talk about um and we could talk about these two uh, for for a long time uh, and I'm sure that you've got a lot to say. But Gary Buckley and uh, particularly John Mahan, I thought. I thought. Yeah. So uh, here's your shout from the shed end. Um, got Sean from America. But kicking things off, we have Andrew Dodd.
3: Andrew Dodd, my shout from the shed this week. I'm going to remain positive because if I go negative, I'm going to insult a lot, a lot of people. So Gary Buckley, outstanding. John Mahan outstanding, MacDonald, I thought had a great game, Johnny Kenny had a good game, maybe should have had a few more goals. Jordan Gibson needs to play on the right, McCourt is on the way back and badly missed because we need him a left back. Need him a left back badly. Bolger a leader is on the way back, we've signed on to the right, a proven striker, Melvin with a great pedigree up the bitter end. red. Keep going lads, keep going, it's not over yet.
1: This is Sean from America. Wasn't the result we wanted or was looking for, but after the first 20 minutes, uh, performance was a lot better and we scored a goal. So it was a start in the right direction. I thought McDonald was good and uh, Johnny Kenny were good. Mark Byrne and Walter looked pretty good. Uh, Walter all the way up to about 60 minutes uh, Looked look like he was uh, attacking pretty well. Uh, Banks was probably our best player all day. Uh, I think the substitutions came probably a little bit late. Uh, so hopefully the boys can uh, use this next couple of weeks to get their heads right and uh, push on the rest of the end of the season. Uh, we got a couple of new signings. Uh, hopefully they can offer something different than uh, what we got right now and uh, help us keep in the top three up the Rovers.
0: So that's your shout from the Shed End, uh, Andrew Dodd and Sean Rourke, Sean from America. So um, as I said, we're going to speak about uh, the centre-halves, but before that, uh, we haven't mentioned uh, Adam McDonald yet. Um, were you happy with... Uh, the performance that Adam put in Sean
4: yeah very good Uh, I thought he was excellent very good on the ball work rate was excellent and biting into tackles which is always a good positive Um, yeah yeah, no very impressed with him very impressed with himself and Nile in the middle of the park
0: Uh, He uh, he can strike a ball like he's a great cross of the ball. His last, I think it was the final cross at the the final corner of the game was Cat. He'll say that Mm, himself.
4: Yeah, he went very deep with that one.
0: Yeah, he just uh, he overshot the uh, the runway. But um, he he is a lovely striker of the ball when he's not firing them into the Tinkers Avenue. Um, And that does offer something. And you know, you know, we now have an option for for free kicks. And um, you know, he he definitely he definitely offers something um, something different. Uh, Magoo, were you, were you happy with what, what McDonald put in in the middle of the park?
2: Yeah, 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 no, I thought he was decent. I thought he played well. I thought himself and I worked well together. Um, I thought, <laughs> I, was in I think everybody who started played well. Do you know what I mean? But this is yeah. my point. That's like, how can we play well? Like, you know, some of the boys at the back like, were, were outstanding. The back four was outstanding. And some individual performances at the back four were, were unbelievable. But how can we all play well, so well, individually, but just not only lose the game, but give up so many chances towards the end of the game?
3: What's your opinion? Why do you think that is?
2: Well, like I said last week, that we didn't look fit enough when we were playing balls. And we looked like we ran out of steam again in the end, this week. Mm. So, like, what are we... My thing is, have we... What are we? Like, in my opinion, our best formation, our best way of playing is... Well, whatever it is, four three three or whatever you really want, four two three one, whatever it is, but the high press, the high energy, like we were doing for after they scored, for yeah, you, you know that half an hour, forty minute block either side of half time, where we were really good because we were in their faces, we were aggressive, we were high energy. I think that's where we're at our best. Do you
0: do you think that we
2: we can't maintain it, obviously? That's, yeah,
0: but do you, do you think we did press well in that period?
2: I think we did, yeah. Uh, do you think do you think, there being, do you think
0: being do you think Sorry, Magoo, i c I'm cutting across here. But do you think that they were that's what they're do you think they're asked to press?
2: Well, I would imagine so, because that seemed to be the tactic from the start of the season. We seem to be from the first couple of games, it was it was a high press and aggressive rock from the front. It's, it just looks like we can't we don't have the legs to maintain it or that like substitutional. We can make five substitutions, we can change half the team for with with twenty-five minutes to go and freshen things up. So that... Could be used as another option, another why isn't it been done more often if we want to play that aggressive game? Yeah.
0: I would say we're not aggressive enough though in the press.
2: But yeah. I haven't no well, we probably could be more aggressive, but
0: Well, like I think if you know, I think well. I think if we if I was gonna be uh critical of the team after the Derry game, that's that's what, what that's what I would point out. I would say that after we scored, yeah, we went after them. But uh, or you might have Walter chasing down the right back, or you might have burned Jason down the left back. But it's only a player, or maybe maybe Gibson's pressuring someone, and Johnny's pressuring someone. It's a two, it's twos and threes. It needs to be, you're you're doing it or you're not you doing, it. doing it. You think they're doing it? You think they
2: doing it Well, a, yeah, that's what I'm wondering.
0: Um, I'm wondering is herctic. I'm wondering is it is is Liam Buckley telling them to to create a high press or is he not because it's not it's not listen. I suppose it's, you know, executing it well is probably not the easiest thing to do. You need to be on it, like, you know. And, but I would say that it looks kind of, it's half-hearted at times, like, and it would, you know, we're, we're, it, it's played around quite easily, you know. But you do see, you do see Walter and Kenny and Gibson. You might see three pressing, but you have to, you need four or five people pressing to do it properly, you know, you have to be cutting out the, fo- the centre-half, sort of full-back and the option in the middle. But that doesn't happen, like, you know. Is that a plan,
3: or is that just lads putting in effort individually?
0: Yeah, this is the
3: question.
2: Yeah, well, see, that's my that's my whole thing as well, and why you know when I said at the start, I I think the the, the work should be the minimum of effort we require. It should be more. I didn't mean that if nobody put the work in or that. I mean that's like that should be a given, and our quality should be able to to shine through. Then, like you were saying last week, you know, I think Jerry mentioned this that if you put us man for man against Jerry. We have the better players, better quality, and that we we should get. And we would have got a result there at the weekend. Only for we kind of ran out of legs at the end. So, you know, and that's the, the kind of really frustrating thing for me. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's worrying too, isn't it? Blake? So so fitness is an issue.
2: It is very worrying. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, yeah, it looks like look, I'm not saying they're not fit. Like I don't. It's just if if we're if we're if we're not able to play that game, then 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 just let's not play it. Like it's costing, if it's costing us points, let's let's set on a different game plan. You know, let's let's defend deeper and just and just play on the break. Let's not try and press off the pitch, or let's not go chasing here on the pitch after fella's when they have it in defence. Let's just fight our time and look. That I, that's just my observation, I don't like obviously. Yeah, lot of people listen to this one? What are you talking about? But that's just what I think. Like I can't understand how you have the likes of uh Gary Buckley, I thought was outstanding. Give one of as good a centre-half performance as been seen in the showrooms in years there the night. And, and uh Mahan beside him was outstanding. I thought Banks was outstanding. I thought Horrigan was just as good on the other side. But yes we still give up chances, like, and we still, were so ropey looking at the end and we still conceded two goals. Yeah. So how is that possible? It has to be that you, you run out of legs, there's no protection for the last 15, 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, so like the the the, uh, the goal that, that Derry scored a winner, um, it is kind of down to, it looks like it is down to tiredness because it's a real, it's a scrappy goal. It's a kind of a melee, uh, you know, outside the six yard box and it's a kind of a hit, it's just a hit and hope and he smashes it in like. Mm. Well, just um, to
3: pick up on the point there that, that Magoo was making, um, Connor, I read uh, was reading an article in the Derry Journal uh, during the week uh, with Rory Higgins, and he said that the players smelled blood in the last 15 to 20 minutes and went for it. So maybe there was a sense within the Derry camp that, look, these lads are out in their legs, and let's kind of go for it now, So which would kind of tie in what
2: Magoo was saying. I thought Harry made a big difference for them when he came on. Yeah, not that he did anything spectacular with the ball, but he's he seen a lot of ball for the limited amount of time he was on. And he has this amazing knack of, he always seemed to be in 10 yards of space. Yeah. Now, obviously, our, if, our tiredness, if we were getting tired, would have a lot to do with that. But he, he seemed to be in 10 yards of space every single time, which means a man had to go and engage him, or two men had to go and engage him from wherever. And there was even gaps all over the place for him, just to be playing the little simple balls into and it was causing us all sorts of trouble.
4: A major thing for us as well was Morahan going off injured. I think that hurt us big time, especially when Harry was on because the the ground night was covering was unbelievable. He was he was all over the centre midfielders, and I just think we lost an awful lot in midfield when he went off.
0: Hmm. Um. Something that the manager said. I'm going to change the topic slightly. Um. The in the week leading up to the game against Derry, he said. And it was something that I wasn't mad about when I when I read it. Uh, he was speaking about how we need to how the first goal is so important in the game, and like this is coming four weeks after us, you know, probably you know conceding first in, in many of the games, and it just made me think: uh, is that the message that you want to be sending out to the squad that you know the, you know emphasising the importance of the first goal because it's a game of football you're going to concede. And maybe Derry are going to score first, or maybe half of you are going to score first. But you can't, you know, that's not the important thing. The important thing is the scoreline after the 94, or 95 minutes, or whatever it might be, you know. And it, I just kind of, it just made me think, you know, is, is that the angle you should kind of go with from a, a motivational point of view? Because when, when whether it's Fen Harps or whoever it might be, when that goes in, when that goal goes in, you go, off. Oh, fuck it. We're like, you, you, and the, I thought the body, and like I'm not, I'm not criticizing the, the body language because everybody in the showgrounds probably had the same body language when, when, um, when Thompson uh, scored. You know, but, um, you know, I would be saying it's not about the first goal. Don't worry about the first goal. They might score two, but we st- we need to st- still keep working. Like you know,
4: play devil's advocate, and I'll flip it for you, Connor. Maybe that's a motivational motivational way for Liam to get through to the players because when we've gone out and scored the first goal this season, I don't think we've lost. If if we have, it's been only once or twice max that maybe he's trying to get through to the lads, you know, to get out there and be aggressive from the off and get that first goal and that we've been quite comfortable after we've we scored the first and maybe pick teams off after that as well where teams have to come out and attack us then and we can actually
3: hit them on the break, and pre, you know, Statistically, the League of Ireland will be a low-scoring league, and also that it's a 10-team league, so you've got 10 teams that are very much matched, so there's never going to be more than one or two goals in it, so I suppose that kind of adds to the importance of scoring the first goal. It's like we said before, it's like taking the top team, top 10 teams from the English Premier League. and do you know there's no there's no eleven down to twenty? Do you know like, it, it makes it very nip and tuck and, and it makes it very competitive and and probably those scoring because a lot of times I think our teams are afraid to lose. Yeah.
4: You know? There are very few free flowing games in the League of Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Like even that would have, that would have been one of the more attacking games. Yeah. Free flowing the other night there where it was very intense. Was end yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. So Andrew had spoke about. I think he said both. Mahan and Buckley were exceptional. Uh, Magoo, who was your, who, who your favourite of the two on the night? Or is that I a ridiculous question?
2: <laughs> no, no. I I Just picking the favourite child. Yeah. They both play to the top of their games, really. But they, they both bring different attributes to their... And they have different attributes to the game. Like, So Buckley's reading in the game. And the way he was bringing it out and going around fellas, like he was ghosting around fellas at the time, especially in the first half, dropping shoulders and stuff like that. And then Matt was just full blooded, like there was nothing getting by him. He was throwing his body in line, and you know, it was just winning headers and playing out from the back. Like his lovely Chris Puppler, John, even on his left foot with balls out really crispy, well-hit balls into people's feet.
4: Always a pace.
2: Always a pace, yeah. Like and I talked to two of them I standing, different. Different attributes and and
0: to the play the game a different way, but they were both brilliant. I
2: thought. But you know, Buckley what, just, Buckley's just just a joy to watch and see. He gets on the for it. Yeah,
0: This looks so good. Well, I I, th- I thought, I mean, I mean, I'm open to correction this, but I thought it was the best performance I've seen from John Mahan in the Sligo Rovers jersey. I I felt and, and like what what disappointed me about the loss was the fact that he, I mean. A performance like that first center half, and then like to look at the record and see that you know we've conceded two was kind of what annoyed me about the whole thing most of all. But he was just like he was like a man mountain, and you know there was a couple of um, kind of last minute tackles and there was some massive blocks, and he was just so dominant and
4: some really intelligent defending as well though from Like there was situations where he was stepping out in front of the striker claiming the ball where he read the game really really well. I just think you know when we concede that second goal, just watch his reaction. Like, you know, if there's a if you want to see a Sligo Rovers fan playing for Sligo Rovers, yeah. there he is, because yeah. his reaction was our reaction. It yeah. was I felt so
3: sorry for him. Yeah, but he was just he was just uh I don't like. Connor said it was the best, his best performance that I've seen him play, and like and his just. To further on what you were saying, Sean, look, he's not just uh, a defender anymore. He's able to step out. His passing is really, really crisp. It's really accurate. Um, oh, to be honest with you, we'd be lucky to hold on to him. Uh, yeah. When you see the likes of these crazy bids coming in for Dame Scales, like,
0: yeah.
3: like, I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, you know what? the
3: thing you're playing for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like to see John Mahan go for the kind of money that Scales has gone to Celtic for. I think he's, he's better Adam. than him. His value should be much higher than that, you know.
4: Well, they're, they're, I, I'll challenge anyone on it, and I don't mind doing it. That's the best centre half partnership in the league, bar none. There, there's no one even touches them. Nobody comes close. Mm-hmm. So they're absolutely amazing. Yeah,
3: I like it. Like I wouldn't be. Look, I, I, I like, <laughs> I like goals, and I like most fans. I like goals, and I like attack and play and all that. But like to be and I, uh, but they're
0: a joy to watch. Yeah. For, class. And for yeah, for anybody, anybody who's interested in football, when the two boys are on song, they're it's as good as you get really like you know, they're 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 just they're they're a joy to watch, like you know.
2: John John's a proper, like go back on the, the scale thing, John's a proper modern day centre half. Mm. He he has all them attributes to need to be a centre half nowadays. but he's good with the ball in his face, he can read the game well, but he's also a proper defender. Do you know what I mean like he he'll put his body into line he'll he would yeah he will and he and he's and he, he loves the one on one too because in modern day football your fullbacks are gone like so there's gonna be there's gonna be occasions in games where you're you're faced one on one with a striker and he is no bother with that. But so down to the outside of me if you want, i will take in a foot race or try and try and come beat me with a bit of skill and I'll put you into Tracy Avenue. And but you know I mean he's he's he he has it all like he really does. So I think I think he was like yeah, we said he was outstanding, but should that's just speaks volumes like that the whole defence was outstanding
0: and yeah. you're saying it was John Man's best ever game for overs so, but we still
3: lost it. But just to go back still to the were, look, to, to go back to the point earlier that I was saying you know I saw the lads are from 12 up to, to 80 and nobody had anything negative to say like they were like really, really positive because I think they can see that you know we have the best center half pair pairing in, in the league and they're playing ball and you know, the fullbacks are doing really well. Johnny Kenny up front, McDonald in midfield, you know, Jordan. Like, I don't want to leave anybody out. Like, you know, I know we still lost, but there's so many positives to take from it. Um that that's something to build on, you know.
2: There is, yeah, but like my point is like it was it's dirty.
0: <laughs> are we still lost.
2: <laughs> All right, we get, we, we get to the, to the
0: point. We get the point, we still lost. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be
2: just something. It's just something. Still, like the defense, like we obviously Greg was a big miss in midfield. Like as good as the boys played, like a massive miss. But I think we have two weeks off now, or two weeks to the next game. Like I think is is a brilliant opportunity to maybe tweak things a wee bit with maybe our formation, our system, or whatever, and try and get the get the best out of what we have. Like Sean said, we have the best defense in the league. The successive prove that We have the best defense in the league. We have. You know, we have Andre Wright coming in who was the best striker in the league when he's here. We have Jordan Gibson, star of the, season, the best player in the league. We have Greg Bulger, who was the best midfielder in the league for the first half of the season. So we have... All the parts are there. Potenti- potentially yeah, another... The reason.
4: Potentially another diamond in Lorenzen as well.
2: So, like, that's, that, 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 there are reasons to be positive, but it's just putting them all together and getting it, getting it right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we just, said, we just sold another ticket there, uh, Mr. Carty. Um, thanks for that. You know who you are. Um, so, okay. Anything else on Jerry City? I think we've we squeezed the sponge dry.
3: There are bogey side this season, anyways, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. When when Harry came out I, you know, he didn't stand out a huge amount to me. But what do I know? I don't know, Jerry. Did you? Did he stand out for you or or you? Yeah, he did a little
3: bit. I think. Um... Yeah, I mean, in
0: hindsight, when when. I mean, Sean's right. He was in space all the time, wasn't he?
3: Yeah. Yeah. He just, he did, like, looking back and he did kind of stand out at the time without doing anything like, oh my God. Yeah. And I suppose because we have high expectations, high expectations of Harry from previous times in the showgrounds, we're kind of nearly looking for that. But that's not going to be, that's not always going to happen. But he was still yeah. in space. He still looked good. He's done the little thing well. Yeah. Yeah. He was in place yeah.
4: He just even he lays yeah, off man. the ball. He start he starts to move for the goal. Yeah, he does. For the second goal, you know, he just it's yeah, just the man, little I, things.
2: He doesn't need to be like the last time we saw him here. He was picking the ball up deep when Waterford and he was just ghosting through midfield by fellas. Yeah. This time yeah. he's just putting in the space. Come at me, get, drawing players into him and just laying off the other fellas in space. And
3: yeah, I guess that's what <laughs> huh. That's, I guess that's what I'm trying to
2: say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we'll leave. We'll leave. Uh, we'll leave Derry City there, um, and um, we'll uh, we'll have a chat about our latest signing. So, Sean, you were uh, tasked with uh, catching up with Melvin uh, Lorenzen. 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 Uh, he's he's got a bit of pedigree this lad, has not
4: he? Huge pedigree to have. uh I think photographs
0: and on, on and sharing the same pitch with like.
4: Yeah, well, as yeah. I said that to him, like, Thiago, Philip Lamb, Mario yeah. Gautza, Mats Hummels, like, Jesus, it's a who's who. Yeah. But, you know, he's played in all the top stadiums. He, he mentions it throughout the, the interview as well. Like, it's it's crazy. He's, but it's just funny how football works out as well sometimes, you know. Yeah. You're at the top one day and then playing for Slag Rovers next. Yeah. <laughs> it, could new,
2: but, it could be a new Joey and Dove
4: yeah I something you know there's something about him though just watching obviously it's YouTube and White Scout clips and everything that you're watching, but he's clearly a very very good footballer, and you had to have something about you to be playing at that level
0: yeah absolutely okay. so I but, think but, he,
4: he kind of says himself that he made a bit of a bad career decision in going to the Ukrainian club where that didn't quite work out for him, so that's kind of set him back a little bit, so he's here to prove a point. Yeah. He's not here to collect the wage. He's here to prove a point. He's looking to resurrect his career more than anything.
0: Okay, well, let's hear from, uh, from Melvin Lorenzen, new uh, Sligo Rovers attacking option. Um, and uh, Sean spoke to him a little bit earlier on.
4: Melvin, first and foremost, I'd like you to take this opportunity to welcome you to Sligo Rovers on behalf of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust in general. I'd like to take this opportunity now to welcome you to the club and, you know, how have you found it so far?
5: Thank you very much uh yeah i really i really have a good time here so far um been welcomed very well by the teammates um it's a nice place to live at uh now that i've signed i've brought great weather with me um (laughs) yeah nothing to complain about
4: i've told you not to get used to this weather it's 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 very temporary very very temporary
5: (laughs) so i enjoy it now for now
4: Come here, we won't get straight into rovers because I'd like to take a look back at your at your journey so far because it's definitely an interesting one and one of a very, very high caliber. Yeah. So, I think you know, we we'll go back to your time. You started out earlier out your um with a couple of lower league sides in Germany before you go to Bremen, is that right?
5: I mean, I played in the youth. I was playing in the youth, um at my local club and then I went to Hoshrank Hill. Uh the currently playing in the second Bundesliga, that's where I played my whole youth at, from under-13s to under-19s, and yeah, when I made the step to, to the, yeah, seniors, um, I made the move to Werder Bremen.
4: And how was that when you got the call to go to Werder Bremen, because you're talking about a huge club in Germany there, it's a, a rich tradition, and you know, well-known yeah. across the world, never mind Europe.
5: Yeah, definitely. It was it was, yeah, it was was yeah, a trip for me at, at that time. And uh, I played a very good season, my last season at Hoshan Kiel, and I got quite a good office. But uh, Bad Bremen was known for um, giving young people a chance for the first team. So I initially started out for the under-23s, playing there. And after five matches, I did really well, scored like in every game and um, got my debut at 18 years old. So that was the right move to make.
4: Well, eighteen years old, starting in the Bundesliga, like yeah. I just seen some of the players you've come up against, the likes of Thiago, Mario Götze. You're, you're yeah. talking about the creme de la creme, Matt, Matt yeah. Hummels. You know, there's no, there's no end to the list. How did you find that? As a young lad, starting out.
5: <laughs> to be honest, the the first two matches I played with eighteen were totally unreal. Uh, it was like being in a video game. I couldn't like. I couldn't process it it was just standing on the pitch and like oh geez i'm standing next to these players from fifa oh <laughs> it's like oh it's crazy I, the nerves like i couldn't move properly so um that was a very exciting first experience but after that I had, like a big injury and i came back when i was 20 so i was almost out for over a year or so
4: Whoa. and
5: um yeah i matured during that time i went through a lot and that helped me definitely to you know go on the pitch and just do my own thing and just play no matter who's in front of me
4: and what was the injury
5: um at that time i think it was a cartilage damage
2: oh, well, right. Okay. so
5: yeah i had a one-year injury and during that time the, the the manager from the second team got promoted to the first team so he really he knew me really well and yeah after two weeks back in training he just let me start against Nova, and luckily I scored in that match. So that was a really emotional comeback for me.
4: I can only imagine. And just during that time out as well, like, were you worried about maybe not getting back into the team at that stage, that maybe your chance might have passed you by, you know, when you can see at that level, the conveyor belt, the youth that goes through these teams and that, you know, and definitely, I mean,
5: football is a very fast business. And if you're not ready or if you're injured, there's always a new player to replace you, so but luckily I had that manager at that time who really liked me, and he was always telling me, "Take your time, get fit, and you'll get your chance again." So um, that was kind of reassuring to to have that.
4: Absolutely, and then you move on to Otto Den Haag and the Erdvisa. so that's yeah. another, another big club in Holland and yeah. another chance to step up against some of the biggest clubs in Europe, PSV, yeah. and Ajax, and uh, you know, so it's another massive challenge for yourself.
5: Yeah. Um yeah, during my last year in Wetter I always had my eye kind of like going to Holland because I really like the football they're playing over there, very technical. And I thought at that time it would give me another another boost in my own development. So um yeah, luckily I got the contact, I got over there, and yeah, two really good years there. Um in the first year I reached the European uh league finals. Um The qualification sorry and yeah I had a good time played against Ajax final all these these teams and yeah it was fun
4: it must be very grounding when you go to these places you know when you're playing in the Amsterdam arena and you get to showcase your talents in front of these massive audiences you know that you settle in as a player I'm sure but how you know when you first step out there in those areas what's it like
5: I mean, my first experience in such arenas was, was was in Germany already at that time. So I played four, two times in uh, Dortmund in front of, I think it's 80,000 80, people. Then I played in Bayern Munich uh, two times and uh, Amsterdam didn't shock me at that time. It's Don't get me wrong, it's still an amazing experience. But uh, yeah, when I played there, I was only focused on the game and just do your thing and Afterwards, you get like, oh, this is mad. You know, when you kind of get that uh, beep in your ear after the game, where you can't hear anything, it's so, like, yeah, it's a great experience, anyways.
4: And after that, then you know, you you move into Carpe. I want to get the yeah, pronunciation Lviv. of it right.
5: Kapartliviv.
4: Yeah, in
5: Ukraine. So in that's Ukraine.
4: A, yeah, how was that? No, that was a strange move from the Dutch league.
5: Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a strange move. Um, yeah, someone got in contact uh, from the Ukraine with me and uh, told me here, we have that club, uh, they're really ambitious, um, they want you over here. And at the first, f- yeah, first feeling was a little bit negative, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about the Ukraine league. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite open to anything really. So they said, come over, fly over here. Have a look, see the team, train with them a day, and then you make your own decision. So from the first day, it looked quite well. The city was nice, quite big, and where well, I made this, yeah, spontaneous decision to do it. And uh, afterwards, yeah, I can't lie, I regret it. <laughs> it was not a good move to do.
4: Really, but,
5: I mean, I gained experience through it. It's always positive to, on the other side, but. Um yeah, I didn't have a good time there. So after free. What would months, be
4: the negatives from that move?
5: Um, just the way they treated treated their players wasn't really nice. And there were a lot of issues with getting salaries, and the president had just too much influence in the club where he could just call half-time, call the manager at half-time and tell him who to take out and who not. And wow. we were changing teams every week, so there was no stability within the team. Then we had like 10 to 11 foreigners the other ukrainians and two separate groups within the team that's not very healthy so yeah after three months i just approached the sporting director and told him "Listen, <laughs> i can't do this and uh, yeah two months after that all the foreigners left and now the team got um they were forced to relegate to the third or fourth division now because uh, they went totally bankrupt and they
4: you leaving the club coincide with COVID?
5: Um, that was like two months before that.
4: So how did that affect you then in terms of playing? Were you left without a club after that?
5: So um, at the beginning of March, I think, where I was in talks with another club from Scandinavia, and it looked it looked quite well. So, um, But then obviously the, the COVID hit, the restriction, restrictions kicked in, and um, I couldn't fly anymore. And then I was kind of... Uh, yeah, I was like anyone else. I was in lockdown, couldn't train really well, um, and with my previous experience with Ukraine, I kind of lost the love for football at that time and um, let myself go a little bit. And yeah, just wasn't mentally in, wasn't in a good place to be honest, oh. and um, didn't train like I should have. So I lost it a little bit. Then after lockdown, I tried to come back, and nothing really worked out. So. Um. yeah it took a while to get back in the club now and uh, yeah, now it's a totally different mindset I really want to get my career going again.
4: And tell us now because this is what we're all here for I suppose is yeah. how did the Sligo Rovers move come about?
5: Um, I was through an agent I worked, for, uh, worked with a lot in London and uh, he approached me and uh, I told him listen I'm quite Open to anything really. Uh, I think in April was it, I played a pre tournament in Indonesia, even. And so, yeah, you can see uh, <laughs> there's nothing too far from me. And,
4: uh, yeah. And
5: yeah, he, he, he approached me and said, listen, there's a team uh, in Ireland, it could be interesting for you. And he sent me the team over. I took a look and said, yeah, whatever they want to do with me, let's do it. And so I, the next week I came over.
4: And as you were here for a couple, the last couple of weeks, obviously, and how have you found the training sessions? How have you found settling in with the boys and stuff like yeah, that?
5: I, I think I think I was here for twelve days, and yeah, my first impression was that, like I had before, most Irish people are just very welcoming, and there's no like boasting around or like. I just was really welcoming. I felt good with the team. I like the training sessions. Very football oriented um the manager was really communicating with me and what his plans would be with me when I, if i come here so that overall gave me a really good feeling to just do it
4: and you were saying there like you were obviously out of the game for a little bit so yeah. how did the body react physically to the to the demands of being back in full-time professional football
5: um to be fair the last three four months i've been in london I've train quite good we, we set like a small pre-season camp up with um other free agents so where we meet day, almost daily to train together but at the end of the day it's not the same like a professional environment so um yeah the two weeks definitely help with training with the team um last week in london i played a little bit here and there sunday league and doing uh all these kinds of stuff to to gain a little bit more fitness now the international break will definitely help for sure as well. Um I hope we ha- have a friendly this weekend where I can gain a little bit of our yeah, fitness. And yeah, I'm very optimistic that uh, even in two weeks or was the next Friday, next week Friday, yeah, um, I can make some minutes.
4: And you've joined us obviously not in a great period in terms of yeah. the results lately and I'm sure you've got to see the last couple of games as well. So what kind of an impact are you looking to have on us here?
5: Yeah, definitely sc- scoring more goals, getting a little bit of danger in there. Um, I think the team is good for this league and um, especially with the last match, I think the boys did quite well, but sometimes it's it's like that in football where it's like nothing really works out. And um, yeah, I hope I, I can help the team to... Yeah, shift the momentum a bit. That's
4: right. And just one thing we didn't touch on there as well is that you're actually a Ugandan international.
5: Yeah, I played a friendly match there. I played a friendly match, and uh, since then I haven't been back. But yeah, let's see. Maybe that's something.
4: Uh, I was going to I say, is it something about. you'd be looking to to get back on? Well,
5: probably at this point. Uh, back then, I think I was still 20 or something, and uh, still considering maybe playing for Germany or England even. It was a different, different stage of my career, obviously. So, uh, but now, yeah, let's see if, if, if I get a call up again.
4: Well, look, we, we're absolutely delighted to have you on board. Lawrence. So it's, you know, it's yeah. great. And we're really looking forward to seeing you out in the pitch. So just once again, I want to thank you for coming on this evening. And Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And all the best with the, with the career ahead.
5: Yes. Yes. Thank you.
0: That's Melvin Lorenzen, the new Saga Rovers signing. So um, what sort of player is he, Sean? What can we expect to see? Where What sort of position would he fill?
4: Well, he can play all across the front line. Again, he'll play left, he'll play right, and he can play up top as well. Um, most of what I've seen of him is coming in from the left. He's like very, very dangerous. Uh, very athletic. Uh, quandary?
3: No, uh, just like I wouldn't really be into kind of... And I know everybody be like kind of oh, about the YouTube videos and all that kind of crack and you can't really take much from him. But geez, I, I in fairness, I was impressed by him. He is some amount of pace mm. and, and he's very, very good on the ball. Like, you know, if if he can bring half of ass, he's going to be
4: some player. Yeah, he could, if, if his ability to get past the player and down to the byline and get a ball into the box is something I think that could work really, really well for us, especially when you've the likes of Johnny Kenny and Andre Wright on the, on the end of them. I think that's what we've been crying out for. But he's also very physically strong.
3: Mm.
4: You know, from the clips, he holds off defenders no problem, brushes by people, and he's a presence. He's tall, you know, he's going to be a threat in the box um, early as well, and also beneficial defending corners as well. So I think he's going to bring... Well, potentially, he could bring a huge amount to the team, so just hopefully it works out now.
0: Yeah, and he's been here for a while now, so it's not like he's coming in cold. He knows... Um... He'll know the squad, he'll know what he's playing with. Um, so hopefully he can hit the ground running and uh, give us an, another option um, up top. So and
3: you, know, do you know what? Um, see, fellas like this, these the, the fellas like this are part of our history. Yeah. But the likes, do you know what these fellas coming from massive clubs, left field kind of, you know, you've got obviously like the likes of Albert Straka, uh, Dobovich, uh, Dixie Dean, all these lads that. Falcon Rose.
0: Falcon Rose Falcon Rose Falcon Rose
3: but you know what I mean they've, they've played in the top leagues they've played in the biggest stadiums they've, and they've come and like, like you know I suppose they all kind of stole our mantle over the last couple of seasons and signed these fellas from kind of crazy places Pop But knows uh,
0: where yeah, yeah it's
3: it's, Jerry,
4: Jerry. the difference is though ours actually play football matches yeah they're, they're just kind I of think. hide around in
3: the stands somewhere yeah collect big big checks but uh, yeah look this this lad could
0: be another uh, Albert Fracas, so, it's open. you know, the day we signed, I mean, you know, the day we signed Brendan Ogbu, that's that's when, uh, that's when we need to get excited. The famous Brendan Ogbu.
3: Don't bring it down now, Connor.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, no game uh, next week. Uh, our next game is away to Drahada, um On it's the day before our trip to the White Hag. So hopefully we'll, have, uh, we'll be extra positive as we get on the train uh, just after three o'clock in at station so I'll go heading down the road to, to Ballymote. Um, so just to remind people, uh, the tickets are currently on sale for our trip to the White Hag. Um, they cost 35 euros All uh, I'll proceed to going to the trust and then obviously going to uh, the club. And um, uh, it's going to be a great evening out. Uh, we'll be out there for about five hours, as we'd said earlier on and um you know i'm i'm i mean it. when you do buy your tickets um you know let people know whether it's on social media or whatever it might be spread the word and uh, the more people we can get out there the better and just to emphasize as i had already it'll all be done in a covid safe manner uh, respecting all the protocols procedures uh high White, White professional setup be you no know, messing about um so yeah anything else to add lads before we Draw to a conclusion on this the 39th episode of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust website website podcast.
3: Yeah, look, it's 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 you know it's the, the last game was was disappointing, but as you said, there's a lot of positives to be taken out of it, um, and even off the pitch, like you know, doing these events and stuff like this, you know, look, it's it's great to to have a
0: football club to to, to kind of put these social elements together, yeah. like. You know. but that's true and it's as much as as great as it is for the 800 against the showgrounds it's still a bit shite when um, when there's not the same buzz like you know the best thing about and especially for us kind of living up around the side of time the buzz around the area on, on you know match day and match evening when you know you've got a big team in and you have a heap of away fans you know that's that's one of the things that I miss a lot like you know uh, and you see the lads inside Mooney's or wherever it might be and it's you know so this is an opportunity to create that sense of community as well I suppose as, as you're just as you're saying, um, Jerry, about it, around the club. So God
3: forbid, God forbid, we'd be from somewhere like Carlo or, <laughs> or somewhere like that. Like you know, we've, we've got a football club, we've got a community, we've got a day out in the White hag. Let's go and do it. Come on,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Magoo. Anything to add before we wrap up? No,
2: all good. Uh, start it, all
3: good. White right, man.
4: I was convinced he was going to say, but we still lost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> listen, I think we've done quite well. To... I'm like I'm laughing,
2: like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, but it is no facts.
0: facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, listen, um, we'll leave it there. So um, thanks as always to our sponsors, The White Hag, Barry Creed Solicitors and Sligo and Dublin. Um, we will probably, you know, despite the fact that we have no game next week. Um, well, actually, Donner's going to do a little bit of uh, research and maybe try and dig up um, a, a face a, or a voice from the, fa- the past, at least. Um, but let's not say too much there in case we, we fall flat on our eyes. But we will have a podcast. Uh, it might be an abbreviated or shorter version of, of the podcast, but we'll be here next week in some format uh, or other. So uh, we'll wrap things up. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. I've already thanked them. Uh, thank you, Magoo. Cheers, Connor. Cheers, Les. Thank you, Sean. Thanks very much. And Stereo O'Connor. Thank you. Cheers, Connor. Keep That's right. a wrap.